Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 South East Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. Today, uh, we continue our Building Blocks teaching series. Uh, Building Blocks as a series is where we're examining uh, foundational practices of the Christian life. Uh, If you've ever been through the home buying process, uh, you know that one of the major hurdles you've got to get through before you sign the dotted line is a foundation inspection, a foundation inspection. If you skip this step, your dream home might end up looking a little more like this if there's not a solid foundation under it. Uh, because if you're looking at a home and, and the foundation is, is not there, uh, it, it's nothing to stand on. It won't bear the weight of the home. And the foundation is the deepest, most basic structure of a home. And it, it doesn't matter if the home has the prettiest white kitchen cabinets and black soapstone countertops you've ever seen. If the foundation is bad, it doesn't matter. You don't want that house. If you have the best master suite with the biggest master closet and the heated tile floors, you don't want it if the foundation is showing water damage and cracked because it will not hold up. It will end up in a disrepaired state. You see, building blocks, the foundational practices that make up the Christian life, that's what we are addressing. That's what we want to dive into, look at, understand, and try to grow in our lives. Now, these practices, they're not about earning salvation. This is not a merits-based endeavor. Building blocks is, is about expressing, about growing and living into the life that Christ has put within us in salvation. And so uh, building blocks is addressing those foundational things. Uh, Our series began looking at the building block of prayer. Uh, We would recognize in in many of our relationships that good communication is vital in any good relationship. And the same thing is true in our relationship with the Lord. Prayer is our lifeline relationally to the Lord. And so we're, we're inviting that lifeline to the Father in prayer. And last week, Pastor Billy uh, joined us to share about Sabbath. Sabbath, perhaps the most undervalued and underutilized gift that God has ever given us. This time and this space, every week, this normal rhythm to enjoy God's presence, to enjoy uh, His blessings, and to turn our hearts to Him. Sabbath. Today, we're, we're looking at the foundational practice of worship. Worship. Uh, worship kind of runs parallel, if you will, to prayer in that it is a key element in our relationship with the Lord. I, I wonder today, as you hear that word worship, like what images, what thoughts come to your mind? Maybe your mind just rewinds a couple minutes to what we were just doing. 
Maybe your mind, when you hear the word worship, you're taken back to a, a scenario with, with a, a wall full of organ pipes and old hymnals and pews. Maybe you think of a, a, a concert you got to attend. A, a Christian artist was putting on a concert and you got to attend and raised hands and uh, voices shouting praise to the Lord. Maybe that's where your mind goes in worship. Maybe, perhaps, your mind goes to something like uh, being on a motorcycle and being out in the wind and being free, and something about that moment for you expresses joy and praise to the Lord. What do you think about worship? Maybe you haven't given it a lot of thought. And that's okay. We're going to take that journey together today. I I think, uh, and I I recognize this in my own heart, that I think that sometimes we tend to narrow down worship a little too far. I think we zero in on worship as something that happens uh, for first service between like 9 and 9.30 and for this service between like 10.30 and 11. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. Like, we love our worship time together. Like, I was coming down 340 this morning with just an anticipation for this time together. What we do on Sundays is so important, but when we zero it in and narrow it down that far, I think we're missing an opportunity. We're missing relational connection with the Lord all the other days of the week through worship. You see, if we think about worship as something that only happens on Sunday in a very specific time slot, we're missing out on connection throughout the week. It would be as if we were only eating one meal a week. I don't know about you, but that sounds miserable to me. (laughs) It sounds like you're just going to be hungry all the time and you're slowly starving yourself. Well, if we're only engaging worship once a week, like that's kind of what's happening to our spiritual life. We're not feeding it. We're not finding it in its fullness. You see, that's the beauty of worship. Is that it's connection. It's strengthening us as we give praise and worship to our Father. See, worship is vital and life-giving practice as we walk out our faith. A couple weeks ago, uh, when we first started getting those cool fall mornings, I know some of you are depressed about that. I'm really excited. You see, those first couple fall mornings, they're life-giving. You get to breathe deep that cool air, and you just get to sense that something's changing. Something new is on the horizon. Well, I, I went out a couple weeks ago, and it was one of those cool mornings. I had a cup of coffee, and I was just standing out on the porch just taking in that cool air and just ah, living in that moment. And, and I'm out there alone having my own little miniature celebration of spirit because it's fall, and I, I happen to look up. Now, we live in the woods, so it's, it's a small portal to the sky, uh, but I happened to look up that morning, and it was crystal clear. Pre-dawn, it was way too early in the morning, but pre-dawn, the moon was shining so bright, there was countless stars in the sky. And something within me, as I'm staring millions of miles into outer space, just something in my heart just started to say, wow, Lord, you are an amazing God. You see, because in that moment, God, I realized that he spoke all of that into existence. And yet, God, you're so big, but yet you're so mindful. Holding a cup of coffee on a porch, you know me. Just in that moment, something within my heart was just saying, thank you, Lord, for who you are. That was a moment of worship for me. I wasn't in a building. There was no music playing. I wasn't singing, waking up the neighbors. 
was just an expression of the heart to God the Father for who he is. And, and really, that's, that's the essence of worship. It's a, it's a God-oriented expression. It's, it's directed to him, uh, celebrating and recognizing and proclaiming who he is and what he has done. That's worship. And, and so, friends, that, that opens the door for us. Worship, yes, can happen here. And we love these times together. Uh, worship can happen around the communion tables. We hold those elements in communion, and we remember our hearts can overflow in profession and acclamation of who God is and what he's done. Maybe worship can happen on the porch with a cup of coffee. Maybe it'll happen as you're walking up to the 14th green on your favorite golf course. You see something that just inspires your heart to recognize and adore the Lord. You see, if, if you are in Christ today, if you are in Christ, you have everything you need to worship anytime and anywhere. And so the question for us today that, that follows this idea, if we are in Christ, we have everything we need. The question is, will you? Will you worship? Will you tend to that foundation in your walk? with the Lord. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we uh, thank you for who you are. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to worship, to express our gratitude and thanks and adoration and honor of who you are, Lord, in worship. So we thank you, Lord, and I pray that as we dive in and we try to wrestle and unpack this idea of worship, Lord, that you would expand worship in our lives. Yes, Lord, when we gather together on Sundays, yes, let's worship. But Lord, help us to see worship as a reality every day of the week because you are worthy, God. You are worthy. So help us to worship you. Help us to worship you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Uh, as you would look to the scriptures to begin forming and shaping a, a, your idea of worship, uh, Jesus has some very specific words in the New Testament that he unpacks how he desires us to worship. So that's where we're going to dive in and begin today. And these instructions come in kind of an interesting place. Uh, they come in an interesting conversation with a Samaritan woman at a well. We're going to be in John 4, uh, beginning at verse 19. Uh, we're kind of jumping in the midst of a, a, an interesting conversation Jesus had. Uh, Jesus, he's in dialogue with this woman at the well. She's realized that there's something special about this guy that's before her. She's starting to put some of the pieces together that this is a prophet. Uh, this guy is something more because he knows her. They've never met, yet Jesus knows her intimately. And so as she is wrestling with this, and some you can see light bulb moments maybe happening, uh, she turns the question to an interesting place. She turns the conversation to worship in a debate that was ongoing. Let's, let's dive in at verse 19. Sir, the woman said, I, I can see you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews, you claim that the place we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, 
believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. You see, this was a long, ongoing feud between Jews and Samaritans about who was actually worshiping the right way, who was getting it right. And in the Old Testament times, so much of worship was centered around the temple, about being in the right location, about offering the right sacrifices and working with the priest and through that system. And so there was a lot of disagreement between these two parties, between the Jews and the Samaritans, and they disagreed on where and how and what, and that debate was heated. And they literally hated each other's guts over it because of worship and a disagreement. And in our text, Jesus, very, very interestingly, he kind of sidesteps this thing, right? Like Because he doesn't take up either side of the argument, but he does answer the debate. He says, it would be as if he said, for the record, uh, the Jews were right about this one, uh, but there's a new thing happening. There's a new thing happening that all of that debate won't matter anyway because worship is changing. You see, Jesus changed worship. And he unpacks what's, what's on the way here as we get into verse 23. He says, there is a time coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. He goes on to to say, he says, true worshipers, that those who are getting it right, they're going to worship in spirit and in truth. And he doubles down again. He says, God is spirit and worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. You see, in this moment, for this woman at the well, that meant that worship was completely changing. It was not going to be limited to debates about mountains and temples and priests. All of that was fulfilled in Christ. Something new was happening. The barriers that used to prevent her from worshiping, the debates were settled by the man right before her. Worship was now in spirit and the truth. And for us today, as we hear that truth, it means that that worship is not confined to a building or a, a time slot. Worship that we are invited into, true worship is an expression of the heart to God for who he is and what he has done, and that can be any time and anywhere. Worship has changed. Just as God is spirit, true worship must originate in our heart from within our very soul. And so so it's not an outward set of motions or a strict liturgy. Those things can have value and meaning, but true worship originates in the heart. You see, we believe that when we come to Christ, that His Spirit lives within us. His life is within us. And it's that very Spirit, that very life that gives expression, that begins to boil over in expression and adoration to the Lord. That's worship. That's worship. Whatever the outward action is, is an expression of the heart and the soul. That's Worship in the Spirit. 
in true worship that Jesus desires is worship in truth. Worship in truth, uh, it means that worship is in alignment with the revealed will of God, with the person of Jesus. And so it, it's not haphazard, it's not all over the place, it's focused in the person of Jesus and revealed in his word. And worship in truth must also be sincere. Worship is not one of those things that you can fake it till you make it. We have to give intentional focus and effort to uh, getting our hearts in that place of adoration to him. I I know that a struggle in my life for worship is that the space between my ears will so cloud what's happening in my heart that it blocks that connection, it blocks that expression. Worship and truth is taking that time and that effort to be aligned and to allow our hearts to cry out to the Lord. Worship in spirit and in truth. And it's, it's so interesting here. This, this, this was the nugget that fascinated me this week. The Father is seeking worshipers like this. The Father is seeking worshipers. He's looking for, desiring, searching out that people would worship him in this way. And so for us today, that means that worship is foundational and it's not optional. Worship is foundational in our lives, in our walk with the Lord. It's not an extra credit effort. (laughs) It's a vital life connection, a vocation of expression to the Lord. And so we begin to see that worship, spirit, and truth, if that's what it is, what does it begin to look like? What are some handles we can put on this idea? Uh, the word for worship in our teaching text literally means to, uh, to kiss the hand as a token of reverence. That's a little weird for our culture, so we're going to keep going. Uh, so it would mean to, to fall on one's face before another in reverence and submission. So if you want to transliterate that, worship would be like this, a, a bowing in reverence and humility and surrender before another. Worship. It's giving the honor and respect and, and reverence that is due another. And in our case, in worship, that is to the Lord. Worship. Worship. Uh, a pastor and author, Louis Giglio, he has a good working definition that, again, helps us uh, try to wrap our minds around this idea. He says this. He says, worship is our response, okay, both personal and corporate, so individually and together. Worship is our response to God for who he is and what he has done. Worship is expressed in and by the things we say and the way we live. Let me hit that one more time. Worship is our response, both personal and corporate, to God for who he is and what he has done. And it is expressed in and by the things we say and the way we live. I've tried to make that working definition something like worship as the God-oriented expression of our hearts to God for who he is. And so, friends, when, when we start to look at this idea of worship through that lens... That begins to open the door wide to expressions of worship. When we begin to think what that can look like. Because 
It's not about a certain outward movement. It's not about whether you can sing or not. Praise God, because I can't sing. It's about an expression of the heart. And so what, what could that look like? Where can you find space and where can you look beyond what's before you to see God? To give honor to him. I mean, uh, none of you that know me would be at all surprised about this, but I, I find a lot of excuses to worship when I go fishing. This little guy is a native brook trout. Uh, so, and he's not a very big one, so don't, don't give me a hard time. But look at that. Look at that. As I hold one of those things, that trout's not stocked by anybody. Uh, It's in some little creek that you can jump over. It's insignificant. It's in the middle of mountains. I don't like, but yet look at the beauty that's there. Now, I'm not worshiping that fish, I'm worshiping the creator of that fish. You see, because people pay millions of dollars for artwork that doesn't look half that pretty. And that's a nameless trout in a nameless stream in a mountain somewhere, but that's our God. That is the creative beauty and genius and majesty of who God is. And when I hold one of those things and I've tricked it into eating something like a little midge or something like that, I just hold that thing and go, God, you are so good. Wow. Worship. It's looking beyond that to see God for who he is and his majesty and his goodness to anticipate the beauty of eternity. Man, if this life can be that pretty, can't you wait for eternity? Worship, worship. What would that look like for you? What are some of those things, that, those opportunities that help guide your heart, that get you into alignment to express what you're feeling, to express who God is? Maybe you, you put in your earbuds or you, you turn on the radio and you play a worship set on YouTube or your favorite radio station. And you, you sit and you consider those words and you, you let them travel the 18 inches from your head to your heart and, and suddenly you find yourself expressing to God how good He is, how great He is, and how thankful you are. Maybe that's worship. Maybe uh, the next time you're finding yourself on a tree stand, deer hunters, maybe you, you just take a moment to look around and go, God, you are a God of beauty and order. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe you want to take time to, and worship is diving into the Psalms and worshiping with the Psalms, the words of Scripture. Use your imagination. Like, What are opportunities for you to allow your heart to overflow in adoration and love for God? That's worship. That's worship. What can it look like in your life? You see, when, it, when it's not about buildings and mountains and rituals anymore, and it's in spirit and truth, there's an opportunity for connection there all the time. An opportunity for expression to the Lord for His goodness and His grace. So, so if worship is this hard expression and it's not ritual, if it's that hard expression, what if we carried that into our everyday lives? What if we begin to consider things like going to work 
uh, wrangling the kids from practice and trying to get dinner and the laundry? What if we begin to uh, look at those things as opportunities for worship? You're like, laundry? Bear with me. Because you see, worship is not just an action. It's an expression. It's, it's a lifestyle. And we can offer our everyday lives to the Lord. And when we offer ourselves to the Lord, that's an act of worship. Let's look at one more teaching text together. This is Romans 12. This is the Apostle Paul. He says, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. True and proper worship. Let me read that again. I want to read this from the message paraphrase. So, same verse. So, here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Worship's a God thing. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. What if, friends, what if we gave the Lord full control of every moment of every day? Whether we're at school, at work, doing laundry, at DMV. What if we gave the Lord full permission to have His way? What would happen is worship. An offering before Him of our very lives. That's the invitation of intimacy and surrender to the Lord is that we can find expression at work, at school, at Walmart, or wherever we find ourselves. We can find expression, an overflow of our heart to the Lord. So, so let, let's take that to school with us tomorrow. Let's try that on. This idea of worship as a lifestyle, let's try that on. So you, you, you go to school, and the thought is, Lord, I, I'm, I'm giving you this day. I'm laying today before you as an offering. So in these hallways with my friends, Lord, I'm yours. Let my words and my action, may they reflect who you are. Would you be willing to worship like that? Let's take it to work tomorrow. What if we turned our time into the, in the office or out in the field or whatever your vocation is? Maybe you're retired. What if we made a decision that tomorrow morning we're going to wake up and say, Lord, today is yours. Whatever happens at the office today, I want all my actions, my responses, Lord, to be an offering to you. Have your way. Would you be willing to worship like that? To allow God to have full sway of every moment. That's worship. That's worship as Mandy makes her way forward. There's something about worship and this idea that you just got to do it. <laughs> you just got to try it on. 
And that's what we're going to do. We're going to worship. Manny's going to lead us and, and make space. Because this teaching could be two hours long and bore you to tears and snores. Uh, and it wouldn't be as helpful as just taking time to do it. Jump in. Allow that uh, heart expression to overflow to the Lord. And, and as we do that, I, I want to just give a couple takeaways. Some, some food for thought. Because my goal in this message today is, is that uh, you begin to consider worship. You begin to consider worship this afternoon. Tomorrow at lunch, Tuesday night, what I be, my prayer is that you begin to consider worship as a daily expression of adoration and love to the Father. And so there's a couple takeaways that I want us to remember as we step out into this. And a part of that, the first place I want to begin is that to worship in spirit and truth, like, let's dive into the Bible. Let's dive into the scriptures because they are full of examples of worship. I mean, you begin to look at the life of Abraham or Moses or King David or Mary. Their, their lives are full of expressions of worship that we can learn from. And here in a couple weeks, when you set that nativity out, yes, Merry Christmas. When you set that nativity out and you put those wise men, they're worshipers. They were bringing an offering to the Messiah. The Bible is full of examples of worship. Read the Psalms. Worship with them. If you don't know where to start, friend, there is so much good stuff in the Word. Let's start there. Second takeaway uh, and thing I, I want us to consider and remember as we go forward is that we can do worship wrong. I don't know that's a, that's, that's a negative point, but we can do worship wrong. Did, did you catch Jesus' words? He said when he was talking to the woman at the well, he said, you Samaritans, you worship what you do not know. Seems odd, doesn't it? But they were getting it wrong. And friends, if they could, we can too. We too can worship what we do not know. And I think that's the biggest danger we face is, is that we uh, worship things that are not God, we can worship things like money or possessions or sports or careers or uh, whew, we can worship ourselves. And friends, that's worship in a wrong way. That's a distorted vision of what God desires for us. Remember, the first commandment was that we would have no other gods before him. So we must be careful in what we worship. We must be careful in what we worship. And finally, while on one hand we can get it wrong, the good news is, is that we can do better. <laughs> we can learn and grow like exercise. We can train our worship muscles. And friends, I, I've, I've had to do that a lot, and I still need to. I still need to. I, I remember uh, very so specifically um, in the land before time, before COVID, um, I got to go around and, and be at various churches around the area, mostly on the west side of the county. A pastor would be out on vacation or just need a time off, so I got to speak. And man, I met so many great people and so many good churches, and I learned so much in that season. And one of those lessons for me was about worship. You see, because I was coming out of our Harrisonburg campus where, you know, uh, 800 people go through on a Sunday, whatever that number is, and it was a very contemporary style. And so often I was stepping into an older school, you know, organ on the wall, hymnal, pew environment. 
And if I'm honest, I, I struggled to worship because it wasn't really my style. And so weeks would go by and I just wasn't finding that heart connection. And I sensed the Lord's conviction and convincing. You need to learn to worship wherever I put you. Because in that moment, he was reminding me that worship was not about what I liked. It was about him. And I needed to learn that. And so I learned to worship with as much joy and enthusiasm with a hymnal as I did lyrics on the screen. But I had to learn. And friends, we can learn worship. Yes, on our Sunday experiences. Let's lean in. I hope sometime in the future, every hand's raised and every voice is crying out whether you can sing or not. It'll be beautiful. But I also hope we learn to worship at work, at school, at home, with the laundry. We can learn to worship. Because here's the truth. If you're in Christ, you have everything you need to be a good worshiper. So the question before us today is, will you? Will you? The Father is seeking worshipers in spirit and truth. Will they find one in you? Will they find one in you? Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you that you desire our worship. Lord, you've got all of creation singing your praises, but yet you delight in your children expressing love to you. I don't know that I totally understand it, but I want in. Help us to be worshipers today. May we offer every day to you as an offering, giving you permission to do whatever you want with every day. May we be worshipers like that in spirit and truth. Lord, because you alone are worthy of our worship. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.